Hello, hello, hello. My name is Nate Rossa, and welcome back to I Just Can't Even With Myself Right Now, my personal pet project podcast where I discuss absolutely anything that comes to mind because limits are for losers, and in my space, we follow the wind. So sit back, tense up, and enjoy NE Unleashed. And as always, live it up, folks, and make it happen. Hello, everybody. And a wonderful good evening, actually, to everybody. Um, I definitely would say that I miss coming back to this medium again. I haven't made a recent episode in quite a while uh, due to just being busy, basically. It's just been quite a bit. Um, But I figured when you have something like this, you really have to make some time. And I figured, why not? I have some free time today, or right now. And so we'll make it. And I didn't really have much of a topic that's like, you know, just come up. I usually just kind of pursued it more on a Twitter thing. But this time I wanted to make another afterthought episode. And this time from my little collaboration with the very wonderful Susan Storm. And she had all of the dominant perceiving types. So this was one of them being her husband, Daniel, who's an ESTP, and Natalie, who is an ISFJ, and me, uh, your resident kooky person. (laughs) Your resident, uh, what is it, chaos starter, let's put it that way. So had us all of us, and I have to say was had a wonderful time. Uh, Susan's a very, very kind soul. Definitely hit her up, definitely... Uh, you know, go see her Facebook page, go read her articles, go to her website, which is Personality Junkie. Uh, there's, wait, is it, am I reading that correctly? Personality Junkie or is it Psychology Junkie? Um, One of those, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> Susan, if you're listening, forgive me. It's Psychology Junkie. There we go, guys. It's my bad. Psychology Junkie. Because it's literally, it's a lot of good, good stuff good eggs in that website good eggs in that whole blog it's beautiful so it was a wonderful opportunity that susan brought up brought up which was to discuss dominant perceiving types in her little video live chat kind of session and it was really cool to be able to have this format and discuss it with folks who are also dominant perceivers and be able to see how each of us kind of differentiated and differed in terms of our let's say style of speech style of of uh perceiving the world for lack of a better term because i'm probably going to be using perceiving like way too often or way too much but i just thought it was the whole thing was really great and i did get to learn quite a bit about everybody so we started off, um, or how it was arranged is Susan had me start off. I think it was kind of a, a good trick because you know have the talkative, you know NP, uh, any dom make ha- make it happen because, I mean I will you know I will babble. It's not hard. However, it's um, I would say it was the the harder part about it was me trying to hold back because like. There are other there are three more people out there who need to share their experiences and their perceptions, and I have a I have a bad habit of taking over and talking way too much. And thankfully, you know, maturity and like time has been kind to me, where I can just you know don't have to try to fit in everything at once in a single sentence because I don't need to. You know, like if I listen, I can also get what I want, which is the benefits of of listening and the benefits of learning. 
you know, all of, for all lack of a better term in this case, um, really expanding your intelligence through taking in all this good stuff. So being able to start expressing how extroverted intuition manifests for me has been a wonderful kind of opportunity. Um, I think for them as well, I'm not sure because um, I know Daniel and I, we share a little certain things being an extroverted perceiving type such as extroverted sensing. Um, we both find that same comfort in chaos. Like we don't mind swimming in it. Whereas I would say Susan and Natalie who weren't, wouldn't be quite so um there are moments though where i had to be openly jealous because extroverted sensing is almost like a superpower that's like a function that i get it by theory i get it to some extent but it's so hard to maintain and sustain as a thing because um socionically it's its role function for me so i'm pretty good at faking it but i can only fake it till a certain amount of time and then i have to just i'll just get tired and i'll just go back to my extroverted intuition um, there is that whole moment with extroverted sensors that they just they just know what to do. They have such a tactile kind of way of dealing with the world. It's not hard for them to just pick up whatever they left off and just keep moving forward. Um, it's like taking action is part of their living. It's part of their processing. It's part of their life. And I have any paralysis, right? Like all intuitives, we kind of have to deal with the whole, uh, you know, it's just stuck moment. Like, oh no, what happened? Um, actually, mind you, it's not. It's actually all of us and introverted sensing, I've noticed, also have the paralysis moment. Just extroverted sensors don't. <laughs> like the dominant SE users, why? How come you guys got all the good cards? <laughs> why? But um, it's so much fun to, to be able to hear it. Um, it was also really, really fun to hear Natalie express SI because um, we don't often get a lot of, you know, SJs and SI dominants discussing their experiences. Um, we don't always know what goes on in their minds other than the fact that we base it off of the behaviors that we see. And that may not always be accurate because I have a feeling that um, a lot of the behaviors may not always coincide with what they're thinking. Um, there are certain things that were true to the system and true to the theories, such as um, there's really a hard time being uh, like moving on their own without an existing or pre-existing system placed before them. Um, I rem vaguely remember like Nat telling or uh, talking or speaking about how if you give her a list of things to do, she'll do that. But if you ask her to deviate from the list, then that becomes a problem. And so, like, it's very opposite from how I perceive the world because I always deviate from the list. No matter how many lists I create to try to co compensate, it just doesn't work. Um, but it's also really interesting to note how with Annie in her stack, it's just, or no matter how low it was in her stack, um, the humor is there. You know, there is, I have a feeling or had a vibe that this person is a very likable character and this person knows how to have a good time. Um, and <laughs> this part, this wasn't really discussed in the video, but like post video, when we were all just having a casual conversation, um, I really enjoyed just us kind of breaking down barriers and walls with each other and just being comfortable with each other's presence. And I just opened up and told them how I really do perceive the potentials in each one of them. And for Natalie, I perceived that there was a potential that she was the, the actual social glue in her relationships, probably more so than she realizes. Because um, 
SJs are just so consistent. They're just so reliable people that no matter what happens, no matter how wild and chaotic the rest of us um, types out are out there, we can always kind of come back to a rock of foundation that it's fine. Like this, per- this person, this type of person can make things just seem normal. And I mean, she's my semi-dual in socionics, but I've, I mean, I have those relationships with my parents. Like my mom is an ISFJ, my dad's an ISTJ. So I have the dualities and the semi-dualities like on point. And I can say from my experience um, that by having two SI dominants, like you can totally tell that there is a safety net kind of always wherever you go. And that's kind of cool because no matter how chaotic and wild my life could be, thankfully it hasn't been, there's always a backup plan, which I really appreciate. Because in a world where security is an illusion, it's nice to have people who actively maintain and actively project this wonderful kind of way to help the people not go insane, or if anything. Um, and I don't think we need to give SJs enough credit for how much work they put in. That probably goes, a lot goes unnoticed. And that's another thing I want to bring up. If Natalie, if you're listening to this, I have a feeling that you do a lot of work that goes unnoticed by people around you and I don't know if that's necessarily true but it's just a vibe I'm picking up and I could be wrong 100% I could be wrong um but I really do feel that SJs a lot of their actions go ignored um because they're just normal detail things but those details add up and they basically become the backbone of a lot of what makes us kind of move forward so it's really cool I mean Granted, you're my S-I-N-E axis girl. Um, and for all of those other folks in the S-I-N-E axis, like our powers kind of get better with time. <laughs> we we go through time is kind of how I understood the systems or the theories. It's really hard for us to just bounce around and like pick a time because um, we work better through like some training, some mentorship, you know, some years to weather us back to normal. Um we don't, yeah, we don't ever necessarily have the capabilities to just jump in, and I think that's where SE kind of is kind of amazing, which leads me back to being envious of Daniel's function. I remember talking to a lot of ESTPs, and I'm always going like, "How do you guys just get up and do it? You guys make it look easy." And the sake part part of it is, is to them, it's also easy because it's their dominant function. Um, and I have to say. It, I take it such a huge compliment when SE doms compliment me because it takes me so long, I think. Like, I perceive that my own uh, actions are too slow compared to them. So when they compliment me on being quick somehow or, you know, projecting an, uh, or manifesting a reality that is possible for them to utilize um, or to observe, they and it's such a re- like it's such a sense of achievement for me that I'm going, huh, I did it. Like, these people can see it. It's not just in my brain. Um, and I think that's so cool. So with Daniel, it's like, I feel like I could talk to this guy and just, oh, I can let him talk forever and then just, just absorb all of this wisdom. I don't think people understand the value of SE wisdom. I really think that SE wisdom is underrated. That's would just be my opinion on it. And it's underrated because it's the style of which or the fashion of which it is presented is not in the traditional sense the kind of advice that we kind of usually get. Um, and allow me to elaborate. So SE is very cutthroat, no BS, no nonsense. It's very upfront in your face and very personal. 
However, it's delivered in a way that is not necessarily warm, but it's at the same time not necessarily a bad thing. Because why else? How else would you want to take a fact if not to your face and completely in person and completely like a cold hard truth and just take it? You know, like without any distractions. I feel like that's how sharp SE can be. And sometimes we, as intuitives, we like to dream and surround ourselves in in a in like a an architecture of our own intuitive demise. And SE people, they don't live it like that. And they look at it all like, yeah, it's cute, and then they cut it. This is how you present it to reality. And I'm going, huh? I didn't see it like that. And that's our that's our problem as intuitives. Like we don't see it like that. And so it's such a breath of fresh air when an SE user tells me their experiences and how they've moved up and moved past and did stuff with their life that you realize you're not living as hard as they are. <laughs> and I'm a seven, you know, in the Enneagram system. I'm supposed to be like all about this. But I mean, stereotypes aside, like this is really cool that to be able to to communicate and uh, really dig and listen into how an SE user kind of goes into it, um, which leads me to the next part in that axis, NI. Which I don't know, Susan, if you got it, if you're listening, um, but I could hear you. I could. We could talk forever, from what I understood. Like it was a vibe. I already could go. We can just take a conversation all the way down to the rabbit hole. As much as I've mentioned prior in, in other mediums that how INFJs and I, we may not always be, I would say, compatible necessarily since we're each, other, we're each other's polar functions, um, polar function enemies, basically, uh, with their polar TE, TE and my polar TI, and then I flex TE and they flex TI. It just becomes a mess. But nothing can get me thinking really hard than an INFJ could and an INFJ can stop me in my tracks as I'm babbling and asking me a very thought-provoking question that's very delicious and it would get me to think and get me to stop and it's something like I don't always have that luxury because I don't have I don't get that whole NI thing where you just sit and think it's not that easy for me to do but for them this is their life so when it's coming at you it it feels like a ref- it's refreshing in its own way. It's refreshing in a sense that you are suddenly facing a different perception of the world, and you're not off by it. Like you're not. It's not off-putting it by any way. Um, there's so much more questions I could ask each and every one of them. There's so much more I could learn. Actually, there are so many things um, to pull out and extrapolate from my conversation with them. There was a time where. Um, I think because I think Natalie was talking about how I think it's because it's auxiliary FE. They're just they're they're sensitive in that sense, but they can sense um they can sense how the room shifts, like the people in the room will the mood has shifted, uh, and they think I think they particularly get uncomfortable when things aren't going the FE way, which is kind of hilarious because in that mood place i was actually the only fi user in that live chat which i thought was really funny um but which is you know besides the point i think it was still really cool because i mean it, it, arguably too back talking about sociotics again like out of all of them i had the highest fe which is weird when you think about it um but then my highest my 40 fe is unvalued so it's it's demonstrative so it's not like i cared enough and i told them about this i gave them this disclaimer where i was just like you know, I have, I can argue that I have good FE, but 
I just don't care about it. I use it to make people uncomfortable rather than make, you know, rather than shift the mood to a more pleasant tone. So we're like, we're not going to do that. But for their sake and being the fact that I was just merely a guest on someone else's space, you have to be respectful of their home. And I definitely, I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You do not disrespect the room that they're in. And to be honest, they've earned it. Um, not from me necessarily, but they've earned it from their sake, from being who they are. And it's so cool to listen to these folks talk and engage with one another and communicate with one another. Um, I think the biggest pro I would say about talking with Susan and Daniel is that they represent a very, con- like, like, I guess, psychology, psyche conscious couple, parents, which I, I think I don't see often. Um, at least I don't see it documented often. Uh, I mean, I come from a, from a place where psychology is not necessarily the popular uh, mode or popular choice or option to get into or to as an option to help your kids in any way so me being you know delving into personality theories was already kind of um from you know in a family sense kind of a blasphemy thing to family because um where everyone believes in the nature of instincts and in the nature of just letting your past folks's advice guide you whereas for me i'm letting my intuition and the lessons I'm learning from reading between the lines guide me to making decisions. Um, and once I started noticing patterns and start tracking them is when I'm allowed to, or is when it allows me to make the accurate enough conclu- predictions and conclusions to better the people around me. I don't see this in other folks except, and when I was noticed with how Susan and Daniel are, they're just so comfortable with their kids. They're comfortable with their life. It's so cool to watch and to note what it means and what it takes. I have to say I appreciate the hard work um, that they're putting in. I don't think it's an easy job raising five kids. I think that's a big it's a big deal. I mean, I come from a family where um, I am an only kid, but my mom was one of seven and my dad was one of eight. So you could, I guess I can only imagine how how much that goes, like what goes through your, your mind, the self-sacrifice you're putting down to put food on the table is such a rush, I think, like watching them kind of make it happen. I think it's so cool and I think it's so interesting. Um, and it's a, I don't know, it's just really fun. And I hope that we have another kind of little video thing where we can actually discuss a lot of points again. Um, I have to say though that I think I think a lot of a lot of my any was subdued for the sake of the live chat. Like I'm gonna be real honest, because it's not me and Susan. Like you know, we're not just talking and then on and on and on. She's interviewing me per like single. There is a purpose to the conversation. There was a purpose to the live group that we were doing this for sharing each other's perception. Um, and I have to say, like for one of the moments, like near the end, when uh, when asked like, "What is happiness to you?" It's for a second it threw me off because. Um, I don't think that hard about concepts without having to work like to, to have the conversation um, first I get it out of my system through talking out loud and in a setting where we're doing group stuff um, and I'm expected to go first it's a huge chance that what I'm going to say isn't actually going to make a lot of coherent sense and being you know an ENFP and polar TI it's not necessarily a good feeling to note if my if I came off like totally misunderstanding 
um, and totally confusing because my whole purpose then would have, or for the whole conversation, for expressing anything would have failed and fallen flat and that's not what I wanted. I needed efficiency or effectiveness to some extent. So it was kind of cool that I, <laughs> I was like, let you guys talk it out first because I really need to simmer that that topic. Happiness, like what is happiness to me? It was hard enough too that um, as an Enneagram type seven, that happiness is something I don't find hard to project because um, all I do is reframe to a more positive, um, to an, to a different kind of perception. I always do it, um, and I do it because it's easier, and I do it because it's. I'm also just trying to distract myself from a re- specific reality that I don't want to face. So there's already a lot of um, unpacking of packages or baggages. Sorry, those baggages that you know people type sevens aren't really comfortable expressing or exposing. So. I had to like pause for a moment and kind of take it in what was she was actually asking. And then, you know, do I go so far as, you know, do I unpack some stuff right now? Or is the whole truth a little bit different? Like, is the truth not like that? And are we actually just talking about the basis of happiness? As you can tell there's a lot of overthinking going on. Um, as I keep talking, it keeps going and going and going, which isn't what makes it fun. That's why it had to be a big thing where I had to wait and let... Um, Daniel and Nat talk first because I was like, oh, I don't know. And thankfully they did because they used the right wording that my little poor T.I. ask managed to figure out, <laughs> managed to connect the dots properly. Um, and I'd like to just elaborate a bit of that. Happiness to me can be many different things. Um, it can be a lot of different aspects, a lot of different styles. But consistency is definitely something I've been looking forward to having a lot of because it's not something easy for me to attain as an inferior SI person. And what that means is for those who don't um, kind of fully get the functions just yet, having inferior SI leaves you with a difficulty understanding comfort, understanding um, the repetition of certain sensations for the sake of sustaining and maintaining a kind of consistent um, stability. Like, there is no stability in your life if you're in figure SI. That's something you should kind of throw out your window. Um, you crave it, but you can't have it, is basically kind of how I kind of perceived it, especially growing up and being constantly reminded of my failures as a kid with two SI down parents. That's kind of what's tough about it. But you, I'm so happy to note that there are ENFPs as they get older, their SI gets better <laughs> in the sense that um, with the wildness of our NE, the SI just kind of grows on its own pace and it becomes very well, like starts to develop at a pace or at a state where it no longer bothers us. And I think like, I want to get to that point. And that's kind of like where I wanted to go with the whole conversation of like, what's happiness to you is I want to get to that point where I don't have to be hunting for happiness anymore. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to let go of the hunting, (laughs) of the adventure, of the exploration, because I can spark creativity and inspiration anywhere I want to, but sustaining energies is a whole different ballgame. And I don't have those two things balanced yet. And I really want to be able to get to the point where the consistency is delicious. And at the same time, I'm also not, you know, highly pressuring myself because hope is there, you know, there like nothing lasts forever. So it's wonderful to note that you know whatever instability of life that I'm going through right now is not going to last forever. 
And that's a great thing. And I think that's a page out of NI with the whole kind of concept that they live with. They literally look at time as a full scope, as a whole picture already. And I don't know why they zoom out so fast. I mean, it's like how they ask me how I can create multiple realities so quickly as well. And I mean this metaphorically. So we're kind of looking at each other asking similar questions. Um, albeit different directions, but you know, like it's it's like mind-boggling, but it's also very interesting, and I'm so happy to be exposed to the amount of NI in the world because without them, it's hard for us humans to see how big, minuscule, or manageable our problems are if we don't zoom out far enough to see it. Because if we look at it and treat every problem face front, how do we know when the, where the end is? We wouldn't. We'd always just assume that life's just going to be problematic and we'll just die having a lot of problems. But if you're an NI user, you'd know when to compartmentalize all these things because you can track, oh, uh, I'm using TE terms, you would be aware or sensitive to this realm that you are in. I mean, the price you pay for being an NI dom is that you kind of live, your, your human body is a shell because you just feel like an alien. But I feel like that's kind of the price you pay for being an NI dom anyway. So, I mean, that's that's their problem. I <laughs> can't help them. That's kind of their thing. I mean, I my problem is any paralysis and, you know, being forever having to be a kinesthetic learner mentally because life is just not going to be easy with my cards. So we all have, we all got problems. You know, we all got our own little shticks and stuff to deal with. Um, but it's so cool to be able to talk to these folks. Um, I'm looking forward. She, Susan mentioned that there was going to be a point where she would want to have the, the judging dominance talk it out. And I thought that would be really exciting because I feel like there's a whole avenue of folks of perceptions that we aren't privy to. I know that... Um, the folks from Dave Superpowers, like Objective Personality, like they're, I think that's what they're called, are getting there, you know. Um, I think we need more JE and JI folks to come forward and tell us their experiences. And I think Susan's a wonderful facilitator for that kind of conversation because I think it'd be very cool to get to hear what they have to say. So I'd definitely be tuning in. So for everybody here um, who's lasted this long hearing me babble, uh, thank you again for, you know, for going off with this. Um, thank you again for listening. I really hope you guys have a very wonderful evening. And I actually didn't think I was going to babble for this long, but here we are. You know, the wonders of an any dom is you can babble for, you can monologue for all as long as you want to. <laughs> so for everybody out there listening, thank you so much. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for giving me your time as I love to take your time. <laughs> and for that, tune in next time to whenever I bring up a new whole new episode for another topic. And till then, I mean, you guys have a great day. Thanks. Bye.